Haggai, amen, as we're continuing uh, on last week, God's vision for us, the church, amen, hallelujah. There's so many elements and parts to God's vision for us as people of God, amen, and, 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 and so it's important for us to make sure that we continue to finish the work that the Lord has called us to, amen. And again, part of that is being constant and continuous in our actions in serving him and prioritizing him and making him first in our lives. Haggai, and we're going to begin reading here in verse, excuse me, chapter one, verse 1a, and also verse two and verse seven. Verse 1a, in the second year of Darius, Darius, the king in the sixth month, in the first day of the month came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Verse 7, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Love this book of Haggai here. It's, it's, it's certainly uh, probably one of the unsung uh, uh, books in all of the scripture, and specifically in the Old Testament. And this book is the shortest book in the entire Old Testament. It's, it's, it's the second shortest book. Obadiah actually is the shortest book, is the shorter of those books. And this Haggai only has two chapters and 38 verses. And I'm gonna tell you, if you were back then, in the Old Testament, y'all would have loved Haggai. And why do I say that? Because he was not a long-winded preacher. Praise God, amen, hallelujah. He could only preach just two chapters. <laughs> and 38 verses, huh? Lord have mercy. He, 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 didn't, he didn't come up the way we came up because you did that, you were just winding up, getting started, hallelujah. We have to be mindful of, of this day and the time in which we're living as people of God. Just so many different things, you know, that are going on in our lives. Our lives are full, uh, you know, from the time we arise in the morning until the time we, we, we very, uh, very, very, very uh, uh, unconsciously or, or very rapidly lay our heads down on our pillows at night. There is always something to do. Yeah, I, I've, I've come to observe in our house, even our alarms on our smartphones have alarms. And it really is an amazing thing. But I find that even in all of that, in all of the technology and the lifestyle and the things that we live as people of God today, it's just so easily, it's, it's just so easy for us to become distracted and get focused on other things in our lives. And believe it or not, even believers get distracted at times. So what, what do I mean by that? Uh, this is what I mean by that. Sometimes we allow less important tasks or responsibilities to take the place of the most important things in our lives. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we even allow our, our, the Lord and his work to take a back seat to our own personal pursuits and the things that we prioritize in our own lives. And we even allow other relationships to intrude upon our relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
we're ever rushing and in, in, in moving and in, 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 in seeking uh, new goals. Even when we've even failed to finish what the Lord has already asked us to do. I, I, I'm constantly preaching that message in our house on the deal. Uh, 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 nope, 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 nope. Come back and finish. Nope, put that away. Nope, clean that up. Uh, 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 you didn't finish that. So until you finish that, don't go over here and think you're going to do that. And then, you know, and I'm just talking to, to, to Pastor Dora. Yeah, so we have to be mindful that we finish that which the Lord has already asked us to do. And all of us, believe it or not, are guilty at times of being distracted, are we not? Sometimes we're guilty of even failing to finish what is most important to us. So we, we, we just strive so hard as people of God. And I, and I commend and I compliment Pastor Dora in, in, in everything that she does on a daily basis. You know, whether it's church, it's ministry, it's daycare, you know, it, 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 it's, it's in the family business, you know, in all of those things. And I, you know, and I, and I compliment her on that. And I'm complimenting all of you as well who just wear multiple, you, you wear multiple hats and you multitask. That was one of our words for the day. And every morning when, you know, the kids and I, when we're going out to school and they'll say, you know, they'll ask me what the word for the day is. And, and, and one of the words last week was multitasking and being able to multitask in the things that we do in our lives. But we strive so hard to make ends meet or to get ahead in life that it's easy for us to be self-absorbed and neglectful mm, when it comes to the things of God. And sometimes, have you ever caught yourself throughout the course of the day and said, wait a minute, I just need to catch my breath. Let me just slow. When you go to lunch, and if I'm out to lunch and if I'm eating with somebody, the first thing I tell them is, listen, I eat slow. So don't think I'm going you know, to gobble my food down, throw my food down, and we can get up and get out of here. I don't do that. I allow my food to, to eat it and digest. I'm taught that and continuing in that yet today. But then there are other folks, they're just plugging along and, you know, they're just, just gobbling up stuff and all of that. And then there are other folks who are just struggling in life and wondering why God is not blessing them. They're wondering why, is this all there is, Lord? Why is my life so challenging right now? Why do things just seem so meaningless to me? And Lord, why can't, why can't I just ever get ahead? I see them over there, they're growing and prospering and being blessed. I'm seeing over here, you know, they're, they're going forward in the things of God and the Lord's taking them to a new level. Lord, you know, as, as, as one of the, the little kids in the neighborhood used to say all the time, and, and he would say out there, Miss Dora, what about me? What about me? And I've kind of adopted that sometimes too, and, you know, and just in a, in a, in a, in a, in a humorous way. Miss Dora, what about me? But people of God, you need to, well, I think you know this already, but let me just remind you of this. Anything, and any time that you want to do anything for God, you can expect the enemy to do everything he can to hinder you. Mm-hmm. So this morning, people of God, we have read this scripture here from Haggai, and we're going to go back there in just a moment. But uh, I believe during our offering, I heard a particular scripture on this morning. Amen. And it is from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Uh-huh. 
All these things shall be added to you if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything that you would need for subsistence and to have a, a, a high quality of life will be added to you if you would seek God first and seek the Lord first. So Jesus here is speaking about priorities. He's talking about matters and things that matter most to us in life. Pastor Dora and I, we were kind of kidding this morning. There was a coworker, and, and, and the two of us, we worked together a lot 20-something years ago, you know, whatever. And whenever we were on the job and we had something to do, and I would say to him, and he would say, and I'd say, and I'd call him by name, and he'd call me by name, and I'd say, remember this today, the main thing is the main thing. And I want to adopt that for us today as well. And Pastor Dora and I have come kind of, you know, we banner that expression back and forth. And even on this morning, we were talking about that. She mentioned to me, the main thing is the main thing. And I said, you know, you're right. You know, and I said, if I remember to do that, I'm going to bring that, you know, bring that phrase up, you know, in, in our, our worship service on today. The main thing is the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus in serving him. That's what matters most to us. Now, Jesus is having this discourse. He's talking here with his disciples here in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. And he's telling his disciples not to worry about the essential things of life. But he wants them to focus on one main priority, and that is the things of God. And that is the eternal purpose of God. Quoting from me again, Elder constant, being constant, being continuous in our actions so that we can now show the world and be the best version of ourselves on a daily basis. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeking first the kingdom of God. And here, even in the book of Haggai, I believe that every generation of believers needs to hear this message that Haggai is preaching to the people of God, all right? And also the message here that Jesus was preaching in, out of Matthew chapter six and verse 33, Jesus was just very simply, if you will, and succinctly restating a truth that is seen throughout the Old Testament scriptures. And I just believe that Haggai's message is certainly a message that the church of God needs to hear today. It's a relevant message. It's a relevant message for us as people of God here in this particular portion of the vineyard as well. So in many ways, the church itself today mirrors the situation of the people of God even back then in the book of Haggai in the Old Testament. You see, the people in Haggai's day, they had a lot of abundance, great abundance. Do you know they were, so say they were, they were blessed and they were blessed and they were loaded and, and, and everything was well with them and all of that. They had this great abundance, blessed with great abundance. But see, there was a problem with that. They kept all that they were blessed with to themselves and for themselves. But then they displayed great apathy in indifference when it came to the things of God and to the house of God. There should never ever be a time when people of God who profess the Lord as their personal savior and say I'm blessed and I'm highly favored of the Lord and go through all of those phrases and those things and all of that, you know, but when it comes to the house of God and when it comes to the things of God, oh well, ho-hum, I'll get to it when I get to it. 
These people here in the book of Haggai, they display the lack of passion for the things of God. So I want us to listen to Haggai's message as, he, as Haggai, this man of God, this prophet, is following the calling and the leading of the Lord. So here we are back here again in verse, verse 2 of Haggai chapter 1, reading from the King James Version. And I'm going to read down to verse 4. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Very stinging indictment of the people of God, even in those days. Those that were blessed and those that were affluent and those that were doing well and all of those things. But they were missing the main thing was no longer the main thing for them in their lives. You see, it was all about priority, people of God. One thing as people of God, we need to do and we have to make sure is that we rearrange our priorities. Yeah, and, 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 and in order for us to, to, to rearrange your priorities, the first thing that has to be done is you have to realize that you're coming up a little short and that you do have a problem, you know, in certain areas of your life. You know, they have all of these, you know, one-step programs, 12-step programs and all of that, and they, they teach them to, to you know, to, to, to admit and say continuously that they have a problem, even if the problem was 50 years ago. Hello, my name is so-and-so, and I have a problem. This is my problem and all of that. But, well, sometimes it's therapeutic, and other times it can be very detrimental. Yeah. So I want you to understand the scene right here with the prophet Haggai. And Haggai is not preaching to the same group of people that the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah preached to. You see, there was just this little small intimate group of people that Haggai was prophet to and that he preached to because there were only about 50,000 Jewish people that had come back out of Babylon into Jerusalem. Real small intimate group. And so this faithful remnant of people who had simply lost their passion for God, that's what happened. They were people that simply lost their passion for God. So in effect, Haggai now here is preaching to this, this 50,000 plus uh, a group of Jewish exiles returning back out of captivity. So in effect, he's preaching to the choir. Well, I think I'm preaching to the choir this morning. Amen. Now, 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 Haggai is not, he's not standing up and he's not, you know, going down the membership role and calling all the folks, the folks out that haven't, you know, participated in, in the church service or in the ministry or any of those things. You know, he's not calling any of them out for those reasons. But he's talking now to the faithful remnant of God's people who returned back out of Babylon with the express purpose of rebuilding the temple that they were commissioned to do. And if you would read in some of the historical writings, Josephus and, and Philos and some of the other historical uh, 
uh, writers and those scribes, they give you very intimate details and records specifically of things that happen in Jewish life on a daily basis. And so they said now, so in fact, during this time when these exiles came back from Babylon into Jerusalem to begin the work of the people, yeah, the records show from the, that the offering that was received from this remnant in order to rebuild the temple was 1,100 pounds of gold and three tons of silver. So in today's prices, people of God, that is well over 25, $25 million they gave. That's when gold meant something. That was back then when gold was really worth its weight in gold and when silver was worth its weight in silver. So Haggai's message to these people then was a wake-up call. It was a call to action for them. And it's also a call for us today, this day, people of God, to finish the work of God. We have got to do that. So here's how now, Haggai, how he begins his sermon here in verse 2. He said again, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, this people say the time is not come that the time of the Lord's house should be built. You see, the people of God were giving ex excuses as to why they hadn't obeyed the Lord and why they couldn't do what the Lord wanted them to do. So what was their excuse? It's an open book test. What they were saying was, I hear you, preacher. I understand what you're saying. I know what God said. I know all of that. But you know what? This is just not the time. There are a whole lot of folk within the church, within our particular portion of the vineyard to say, yeah, you know what? This just ain't the time for all of that. They said the time has not yet come. How many times in your life have you heard that? Yeah, I, I, you know, they say, well, yeah, I, I believe in giving, you know, I believe in missions. But, you know, just with the economy the way it is right now, this is no time for me to be spending no extra money. Yeah, you know, of course they agree and say, well, of course, everybody should share their faith. You know what? But for me talking to my coworkers about Jesus, you know what? In this political, politically correct climate we're in, you know, that could get me in a whole lot of trouble. And I'm not sure that it's time for that. Well, you know what? Yeah, I know I should tie, but I can't do it this week or this month or this year. After all, I got stuff to do. I want to buy a new car, and I know that I should be serving the church, but you know, I'm just so busy. Busy, busy, busy. I just don't have the time right now, but maybe later. When all of my home projects and the things that I'm involved in in the community are done, and that season of my life is over, and my weeknights and my Sundays clear up, then maybe I'll be able to do something. I'm preaching to the choir this morning, you know. I'm preaching to the choir. You know, that's, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. So when is the right time, people of God, to act on what God has said? That is my question to all of us this morning. When is the right time for us to obey the Lord? They said, it's not time yet. You know, that's a very uh, uh, appropriate objection for this day. Yeah. Sorry, 
There just ain't enough time right now for prayer. Well, you know what? I'd like to read my Bible, but I have to get up so early in the morning for work. You know, I got to get up so early. I can't get involved in corporate prayer on Monday mornings and all of those things. And at night, I'm just too tired to do anything but collapse and wake up the next morning. But people of God, it started all over again. But people of God, we must never forget that God is always on our side. Even in those times when you're not quite where you need to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing, God is yet faithful to us as people of God. So God is on our side. So now in Haggai's day, that meant trusting God enough to leave each individual's personal pursuits to get involved in the work of the ministry and what needed to be done. And in our day... That means you and I have to trust God enough to give his word and his work daily priority in our lives. Glory be to God. It's all about priority, people of God, being constant, being continuous in our actions when it comes to the things of God. Now, now is the right time, people of God, for all of us to act and obey God. Now is the time for us people of God to stop making excuses when it comes to the things of God. There was a man way back in the 1700s, his name was Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin once said, I never knew a man who was good at making excuses that was good at anything else. I say amen to that. Whole lot of folk can come up with some excuses. And they were really good at that. But they weren't good at anything else. And this was the case with Israel. God had called this remnant of people out of Babylon where they had been exiled and scattered for all of these years. And he called them to return to their homeland to rebuild their nation. And in addition to that, people of God, the Lord had given his people very specific instructions about what they were supposed to build first off. And at first, the people were excited, and they obeyed the Lord, and they began to work on the temple as they were commanded and instructed to do so. But as time passed by, lo and behold, they abandoned their first purpose. They abandoned their most important job. They lost their first love, and they began to, to neglect the work on the temple in order to do as they pleased. People have become distracted and self-absorbed. Look around society today. There's a lot of that going on around us today, don't you think? So now when Haggai appeared upon the scene, it was more than 16 years that had expired. And so after almost two decades, the returned exiles still had not finished the Lord's work. He assigned them a task and they had not finished it. It was during that time that the Lord began to speak to Haggai and tell, them what, tell him what he wanted him to tell the people of God. And one of the things he said in verse 7 here is, Thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. Mm. When we rearrange our priorities and begin to do first things first, that means we must stop procrastinating and making lame excuses when it comes to serving the Lord. Consider your ways means that we are to give careful thought to our ways. 
Considering our ways means that we have to consider the, the, the cause of why we're going through certain things sometimes when we should not be going through them at all. We should consider our ways and we should obey the Lord in everything and know the results of obedience. We've been taught, we've been told for years coming up, you know, from young children up now to these tender ages that we are right now, that, you know, uh, poor choices have consequences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for the people of God back in Haggai's day, when they were building the temple of the Lord and they refused to do that, it resulted in drought in their land. We don't want, to want any drought in our families or in our lands, do we? In our families, in our health, in our finances, on our jobs. We don't want drought of any kind, do we? Well, we have to be mindful and watchful of that because the same thing can be true today. Uh-huh. So now, so if the oil of the anointing of the Spirit is absent from your life, and if the wine, which is the joy of the Holy Ghost, is, Holy Ghost excuse me, is missing, if there is a barrenness and a dryness within you and on the inside of you, it could be an indication of a point of misplaced priorities in your life. So, well, I just don't feel the way I used to about serving the Lord. You know, I'm not excited about the things of God anymore. You know, every day was a great day. I would rejoice in that day. But now I just don't feel like that anymore, Pastor. You know, I just ain't got it like I used to. Well, indication of misplaced priorities in your life. So the solution for us is the same solution in Haggai's day. You want to know what it is, people of God? Simply do what the Lord commanded you to do. Very simple. Simply do what the Lord commanded you to do. Now, parents, did you start family devotions and then slowly as the days and the months went by, did you say, well, you know what? My schedule's just too busy. Our kids are just too restless. Maybe someday next year we'll get back to having family devotions in our home. Husband, have you neglected the promise you made to your wife to pray with her and for her daily? Have you put off that foundational simple things that the Lord has asked you to do, people of God? Well, if you have, do it like the Lord told Haggai to tell the people to do. This is what you need to do. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Hallelujah. You know one thing, when you consider your ways and get back on track when it comes to the things of God, you will understand that God works by a plan. And his plan is for us to be able to receive the full measure and manifestation of his blessings in our lives every day. Yes. Not some days, but thanks be unto God who loadeth us daily with benefits. You see, God is not fickle, people of God, when it comes to his plan and purposes for our lives. He always starts, not that he may conduct an experiment, but that he may create a design and perform a perfect work in and through all of us. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's why it's just easy enough to say, well, I'm working on something, and the Lord's working on something in me and through me. Hallelujah. To be a blessing to somebody else. Verse 4. Is it time for ye, for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? 
Haggai was challenging the apathy and the complacency of the people of God by examining their priorities. Now, I'm not here to examine anybody's priorities on this morning. I'm just preaching the word. This is the message. I'm preaching to the choir. So praise God. Take it up with Haggai. God was accusing the people of having plenty of comfort and pleasures while claiming not to have enough for God's service. And I think that's a strong parallel for the church today. Oh yeah, we've got our theology right. We are faithful and a faithful people of God. We are that faithful remnant. But sometimes, I have to tell you, people of God, we do have our priorities wrong. So, well, I don't know about that. Well, sometimes we can fail to put God first. Mm. And so a failure to follow through and obey God by rebuilding the temple was a result of poor priorities for them in that day. So in the final analysis, all inverted priorities or idolatry. Remember the Lord told the children of Israel and said, thou shall have no other gods before me. So if your priorities are turned upside down, those things that should be on the bottom are now inverted, okay? And they're flipped upside down. The things that should be secondary now become priority and the things that should be priority of God. Put him first. So then Haggai's message to these people was a call to recommitment. Every now and then we just need to recommit to the things of God in our lives. It's interesting to note here that prophets, as it said here, one, he said that Haggai prophesied in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, and on the first day of the month. So if you were to pull out your smartphone, don't do it right now, but if you pull out your smartphone uh, when you get home and you do the math and you look at your calendar, your iPhone calendar, you know, you'd come up with August the 29th, 520 B.C. So when I'm getting ready to close this out, and I, I know you know what I'm saying, thank God, choir, thank you for bearing with me on this morning. I'm preaching to you. God bless you on this morning. Hallelujah. If anybody needs prayer from being bruised and beaten and bruised on this morning, come see Pastor Doris. She'll pray for you. But people of God, when we put God first and give him what's rightfully his, we open the door to spiritual blessings and enrichment and the kind of stewardship and giving that honors the Lord. When you look at it in time frame, Haggai to Malachi, a century had passed. And the prophet Malachi was now accusing the people of, of robbing God of tithes and offerings. And when they did that, they didn't understand that they too were now robbing themselves of God's blessings. And every time you don't make God a priority in your life, not only are you robbing God, but you're robbing yourself of the blessings that the Lord has for you. And his words need to be heeded today within the body of Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Consider your ways, he said here. In other words, what Haggai was saying was play, pray close attention. Realize your desperate situation. God's people had put other things before God. And now they were experiencing God's judgment through drought and a lack of things in their lives. But God's man 
Haggai the prophet was telling the people of God. The only acceptable response when God speaks to us through his word is obedience. That means you don't have to weigh the options. That means we don't have to examine any alternatives and we don't have to negotiate terms. We just have to simply obey and do what God tells us to do. Somebody once said, faith is not believing in spite of evidence, it's obeying in spite of consequence. Mm. So when you realize that your priorities are out of line, you can align your plans now to match God's plans and purpose for your life. Haggai preached on the first day of the month. He preached. He spoke on August the 29th, 520 B.C. And the work on the temple began on the 20th of September of 520 B.C. You say, well, what does that have to do? You're telling me some dates and things that I'm really not interested in. But I'm just wondering if there's a date like that in your life. Or even if today could be that day for you. I'm not talking about the day of your salvation. I'm talking about the day in which you finally get your priorities in line and straightened out and determined from that, that from that time on, no matter from this time, no matter what, that you're going to put God first in everything. And we all need to do that today. We ought to take stock of ourselves and ask, well, is my comfort more important to me than God's work? Am I working hard, really, really hard to get ahead financially while finding earthly success empty. There are a whole lot of folk with a whole lot of money and their lives are just as empty. Do I focus more on my wants and wishes or God's will for my life? It's so people of God, it's time to rearrange our priorities. It's time to rearrange our priorities. Get in line with God's vision for you and for me and for us as the church. And let's finish what God has called us to do. So in my conclusion, amen. I want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to think about what your priorities have been. And then in light of the scripture, determine what your priorities should be and make the decision today to do something about it. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.